Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Today on the ZabeCast, the time is flying and I can't stop watching. The Chiefs ain't rebuilding, they done reloaded. The highly successful football coach may get the last laugh. A three-TV conundrum to solve. And too dumb for politics? Ain't no such thing. Your 30 minutes of 110 proof me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Here we go! Tuesday, October 25th. 2022. Thank you for downloading. Let's get to it. It's a solo show. Remember, these opinions are strictly my own and may not be suitable for those with tender sensibilities or who happen to disagree with my politics, whatever you think my, quote, politics are. And they're not as stock as you may think. Caution, however, is advised. Cut one. Addicted to time lapses? I think I am. Let me explain. For some reason, I got hooked into watching time-lapse videos on TikTok and Instagram and maybe YouTube to a lesser extent. And then I couldn't realize why it was I couldn't stop watching them. Of all kinds of dumb shit. Pool cleanouts where, uh, you know, companies go in and someone's left their backyard pool go completely to shit. It's got slime and sludge an algae like you wouldn't believe. And it is quite the labor-intensive ordeal to clean it out, drain it. You got to shovel out all the algae. You got to power wash all the stuff. You got to shock the new water back into being perfectly clean. You got to hose off the deck area. It's unbelievable. But when you watch it in a time-lapse, it is quite satisfying. Same thing for, believe it or not, There's a a TikTok channel dedicated to time-lapsing of driveway resurfacing. (laughs) It's so dumb. It's like, yep, they're going to pour the black goo. They're going to get out their squeegees. They're going to quickly go, carefully go. But you watch a long driveway get done in the matter of a minute via time-lapse. And it's like, ah. I think it's a matter of hard, laborious, or boring, or perhaps tedious tasks getting done at superhuman speed when you time-lapse it that makes it so satisfying. I recently did a time-lapse, and I I don't know if I posted this. I probably should to my Instagram page. A time-lapse, I I videotaped a time-lapse of me weeding the Target sand trap 
down by the Target golf green, which you can't putt on down on the corner of my property because I let it go over the summer. And of course, the weeds just took off like gangbusters. And I was just so disgusted that I let it go that bad. I said, okay, you're going to clean this out and it's going to suck. It's going to take, I thought it'd take two hours, maybe. I think it took four. Nearly killed me too. But I set up my GoPro, set up my phone, and I time-lapsed it. And I'll tell you, I've watched the time-lapse of me digging out the weeds in my bunker more than a few times. I don't know what it is. I think I like to go back and go, yep, that was a hard job, but look at that. I'm cleaning it all out, cleaning it out, ragged, ragged, ragged. Ah, it's all done. I should have done that today because I had to bust up a concrete slab that's on my property, a small concrete slab. It's a small circular slab that was built and poured in order to uh, put a little golf mat on top of it. Now, I put this thing in the middle of a island on a turnaround circle at the end of our street. And I did it back when nobody owned that turnaround circle on the property next to ours. It was a, a vacant lot that had not been sold yet. Well, 20 years late not 20 years, we moved in in 08, so that would have been, what, 15 years later. You know, so 10 years later, somebody moved in, new neighbors, they're fine, kind of. And, you know, the missus there, she's got very high tastes in particular sort of appetites for landscaping in their property in their house. And it's beautiful, by the way. And she finally was like, you know, I'm going to put a tree, put, you know, some big shrubbery in the middle of that circle. And she texted my wife to say, oh, by the way, there's concrete under that golf tee. We can't plant there until it's removed. And that was it. That was the hint, hint, and you're going to remove it. So my first instinct was, ah, fuck, all right, I got to find some. I got to pay somebody to do this. Get up here with a small skid steer or something else or a jackhammer or, I don't know, just get some strong dudes to smash it up and, you know, put it away and pick it up and cart it off. Then I was like, all right, let me just see how hard it would be to bust this up. So I had a small handheld hammer, metal hammer, not a sledgehammer, and I was able to pop kind of break up the concrete. And I'm like, okay, I could probably do this. I go to Home Depot, I get a true sledgehammer. The first one I pick up off the tool rack was a 16 pound. I think that's about right. Maybe 12 pound, big ass sledgehammer. And I'm, I'm walking it up to the front and I'm like, you know what? Let me see if I can swing this <laughs> as a 54 year old couch bound man. And I take one half swing with nobody around me in the tool aisle. And I was like, eh, this one's probably a bit much. So I went down to the 10-pounder, got the 10-pound sledgehammer, came home, went to work, started busting up the concrete pad, had a pickaxe, which was key because I could sh- you know, take it underneath and pry it up and broke it up. Got the job done in maybe an hour and a half, maybe two hours, something like that. And I'm like, God, I should have time-lapsed it. It would have been so great. Can just sit there and watch. See, look at this job. This was nothing. Busted it up, put it into buckets, carried away the, the rubble, put went dumped it in the woods on my property where I'll never see it again, except for when it's winter and all the foliage goes away. And they'll look at it and be like, that's kind of an eyesore. You, you probably should have disposed of that properly. But is anyone else out there, question, addicted to time lapses? Because I sure am. Now, my other question is this. 
do I dare try to return the sledgehammer? I mean, it's in perfectly good condition. It works just fine. Yeah, it's got some scuffs on it because it was used to sledge the concrete. What would their policy be? They probably would take it back, but it would be pretty unethical. $33.86 later, I should probably just keep it in case I need it for something else, which I don't know if I do. Cut number two, the Chiefs reload. They took it to the Niners, especially in the second half, scoring 30 in the final 30 minutes of that game in San Francisco. And this email is from one David Beru, my man, who says, my criticism of Brian Gutekunst of the Packers, and I think he's done a good enough job, although there have been some mistakes along the way. He says, your criticism of Gutekunst is correct. Look at the GM for the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs, just like the Packers, had an expensive quarterback and a all-pro wide receiver, which they traded. That would be Tyreek Hill, because he wanted to get more money. Well, what did they do? They signed Juju Smith-Schuster on a low-cost, prove-it type deal. They signed MVS from the Packers as a free agent. A lid-lifting guy, an absolute burner, questionable hands, but still. They signed Justin Watson from Tampa Bay as a free agent. They draft a wide receiver in the second round. Their GM's name is Brent Veach, and it looks like he's really working miracles. The year before, he replaced four-fifths of their offensive line. This year, he spent most of his draft capital on defense. Drafting defensive backs, first-rounder Trent McDuffie looked good in a half a play before getting injured. He's got a bad hamstring. He's yet to return. Plus seventh-rounder Jalen Watson, plus sixth-rounder Justin Herbert for a 99-yard score, turning what? Turning uh, seventh rounder Jalen Watson, pick sixth Justin Herbert. Thank you. Pick sixth Justin Herbert for a 99er score that looked to be a loss. That would turn what looked to be a loss into a victory. Plus fourth rounder Josh Williams made a goal line interception this Sunday to stifle San Francisco. He also signed safety Justin Reed, who has been an upgrade over Taran Matthew, the Honey Badger, who has been a free agent and also drafted safety Brian Cook, who has looked serviceable so far. In other words, says Dave Beru. GM Brett Veach doing a bang-up job in Kansas City. True, 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 true. But don't forget, Andy Reid is right behind Belichick when it comes to modern NFL coaches who make a difference and who are really, really good. And then you got Patrick Mahomes. Cut three. It's all over but the crying, Ryan. Colts benching Matt Ryan for second-year player Matt Ellinger. No, Sam Ellinger. Sam Ellinger. They benched Matt Ryan for Sam Ellinger. Ellinger, sixth-round pick out of Texas. Matt Ryan, who famously was picked up this offseason in a trade, more on that in a second, had accumulated nine interceptions, 24 sacks, and 11 fumbles before he injured his shoulder in their loss to the Titans this past Sunday. Because Frank Reich says he won't be able to practice all week, they were going to have to go to Ellinger anyway, and he says he intends it to be a rest-of-the-season kind of a deal. I bring you back to March 21st of this past year. Atlanta traded Ryan on Monday, goes the story from the from ESPN and Wire Services, to the Colts in exchange for a 2022 third-round draft pick. That's it. A naked third. The Colts were desperate for a QB after they traded Carson Wentz to the Commanders for a third-round pick in 2022 and 2023. Hold that thought on that end. 
Ryan will be the Colts' seventh different week one starter in as many years and the fifth different starting quarterback in Frank Reich's tenure. Said Colts GM, Chris Ballard, we're thrilled we had a chance to acquire a proven veteran in Matt Ryan who brings tremendous experience to our team. His leadership and skill set will complement our roster's growth and success. He's long been a great ambassador for the NFL and the Atlanta Falcons, and we're excited he can continue his accomplished career in Indianapolis. Seven games in, you're out. The trade, by the way, left a dead money cap of a uh, cap hit of 40 million dollars on the Falcons books this year. It is the largest known dead cap charge for any player of all time, according to ESPN stats and info. Just for fun, I went, because you know, this is probably it for Matt Ryan. He's 38 years old, I believe. Had a really good career. Really good career. Had a Super Bowl in his hands. And stupid Kyle Shanahan didn't understand the value of going run, 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 punt, run, 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 punt, two times. That's all it would have taken. Run, 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 punt, do it again. Run, run, run. What about field position? Just run, 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 punt, run, 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 punt. Hell, you might even get to go run, run, first down, run, 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 punt. Couldn't do it. So I looked up. Eli Manning versus Matt Ryan career. And apparently the site StatMuse does this very well. I just typed into their little search window, Eli Manning, Matt Ryan. Boom, return. It gave me the straight line-by-line career comparison. And guess what? Almost identical number of games played. 236 for Eli, 229 for Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan was higher in every category across the board, including... Significantly, a 66% career passer to 60% for Eli and a quarterback rating of 93 and change to 84 and change for Eli. Is anyone going to talk about Matt Ryan as a potential Hall of Famer? No chance. But they are still kind of talking about Eli as the Hall of Fame. And I know Eli has two rings. Big game hunter. Eli Manting. Eli, did I say Eli Manting? What's wrong with me? Eli Manning, big game hunter, two rings, Matt Ryan, none. Yes, that should count for something, but let's also be honest. Football, at least in the postseason, often comes down to just stupid luck. Cut four, too dumb for politics. Remember when Jay was saying about Herschel Walker, candidate for Senate out of Georgia? Oh my God, he's so stupid. How could they elect somebody so dumb? And I said, Well, first of all, he's inarticulate, to be sure. But dumb, too dumb for politics. There's no such thing as too dumb for politics. And Jay didn't seem to want to believe me. And I said, there have been plenty of, and by the way, they go both ways, Democrat and Republican. He didn't seem to want to believe me. So many of you reached out via email, including this one from Bill Pafund. Thank you, Bill. He says, Zabe, don't forget about good old Hank Johnson. Hank Johnson had concerns at a congressional hearing. Hank Johnson is a Democrat from Georgia's 4th District in the House of Representatives. And Hank Johnson had a serious concern for one of the vice admirals, it appears, of the United States Navy about whether Guam might tip over 
due to there being too many people on one side of the island. I kid you not. Here is the C-SPAN footage of that moment. Now, this is a uh, island that at its widest level is, what, 12 miles from shore to shore, and at its smallest level, uh, or smallest uh, uh, location, it's uh, seven miles uh, uh, between one shore and the other. Is that correct? Uh, I don't have the exact uh, dimensions, but uh, to your point, sir, I think Guam is a small island. Very small island and about 24 miles, if I recall, long. So 24 miles long, about 7 miles wide at the least widest uh, place on the island. Yes, we've established the size of Guam. About 12 miles wide. uh, I'm not repeating uh, any of this. The widest part of the island. And um, I don't know how many square miles that that is. First of all, we... A minute and 10 seconds in, this has already been a colossal waste of taxpayer time. You happen to know? I don't have that uh, figure with me. I don't have that figure, but I'm sure we could look it up. How narrow is Guam? Sir, I can certainly supply it to you if you'd like. Yeah, my my fear is that uh, the whole island will uh, become so overly populated that it will tip over and uh, and capsize. Uh, we don't anticipate that. The, uh, the Guam population, I think, currently about 175,000, and again, with 8,000 Marines and their families, it's an addition of about 25,000 uh, more uh, into the population. And uh, and also uh, things like the uh, environment, uh, the sensitive areas of uh, the environment, coral reefs and those kinds of things. And I know that, you know, lots of people don't like to think about that, but, you know, we didn't think about global warming either. And um, now we do have to think about it. And so uh, I'm concerned from an environmental standpoint whether or not Guam is the, the, the best place to do this relocation. But it's actually the only place. Is that correct? <laughs> so there you go. Now, after this thing went viral, this was from 2013. Of course, the Honorable Hank Johnson said he was joking about Guam tipping over. Did you hear any laughs? Other than the slight chuckle from the Admiral testifying, that was, nobody laughed. So if it was a joke, it was painfully unfunny, took way too long, and by Hank Johnson's own expressions, I don't think it was a joke. Couldn't have been a joke. He is still the representative of the 4th District of Georgia. And guess what? He's actually an upgrade over the woman who had been in that office. Cynthia McKinney used to hold that office. Cynthia McKinney ended up losing her primary because she was a 9-11 truther. (laughs) Saying in many interviews, what did this administration know and when did it know it? 
made allegations about, about George W. Bush profiting with his connections to potentially the Bin Laden construction company and defense industry holdings. She was such an embarrassment that even the Democrats are like, okay, we got to get rid of her. Instead, they got a guy who thinks that Guam could tip over. So don't start with the too stupid for politics. There is no such thing. And yeah, they are on both sides of the aisle. But to say, well, how can you vote for Herschel Walker? He's so dumb. He is inarticulate. He is country. He is not a master of the king's English. But in terms of being too dumb, that A, there's no th- no such thing, and B, you know, intelligence comes in many different ways and flavors and angles and varieties, not just being able to sound smart. Besides, the president right now is senile. We know this. Anyone with a brain knows this. We are living truly in a, the emperor has no clothes. Shh, you can't say anything about it. Just go with it. And they're, the Democrats are putting this guy up, Fetterman, who's a fucking cartoon character with his size and his goatee and his, his head and the bulge in the back. I mean, right out of the Adams family. The poor guy had a stroke and he can't even do an interview now without looking at a computer, computer screen. And I'm sure he'll get minimum 45% of the vote against Dr. Oz. Maybe minimum 48 might win i don't know too dumb there is no such thing you know we're driven by the search for better when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Cut five. Russell Westbrick is sabotaging the Lakers. Apparently he is now three for 17 on jump shots this year. And in a game in which they pissed away an eight point lead late against the Portland trailblazers, he pulled up with 15 seconds left on the shot clock for a uncontested 17 foot jumper that predictably bricked. Cause that's what he does. LeBron James was seen holding out his arms. Like what, what, what are you doing? Exactly. Apparently, according to stats and research, he's like the only player at the end of a game in which there was, you know, less than 24 seconds left or less than a minute to go. Team was down or tied and shot the ball with more than 15 seconds on the shot clock. So I got two questions about this. One, how could a guy who was once the MVP of the league, not just a one-time all-star for being good at dunking, but like the league MVP? How can he be so bad now? How can he be so toxic now? Can somebody explain that to me? 
Is it a faction? Is it a function of the modern NBA or the state of basketball that guys can bubble up and be really good and then all of a sudden be complete toxic shit? And is this going to continue? Or is this sort of a once-in-a-generation guy that can go from being so good to now being so bad? There's a genuine concern that you know Laker teammates may actually strangle him, may actually kill him. Well, okay, no, maybe not kill him, but you know, they, they may end up kidnapping him and sending him to, I don't know, Guam to see if it'll tip over. Secondly, does Westbrook know he's bad? Or does he actually think he's good? Cut six. The highly successful football coach may be getting the last laugh. Mike McCarthy, Dallas Cowboys, currently riding at a 5-2 and two number. Dak Press got back in the fold. Sort of an uneven game, but they beat the Lions. Matt LaFleur, the new wonder kid in Green Bay, struggling at 3-4. and four. From Jason Bailey via Electronic Mail, Zayn McCarthy has so far made a half-decent ham and cheese sandwich with Cooper Rush and injured Dak Prescott and also dealing with Jarrah's Texas-sized ego. Not too bad. Is the shine on the floor, meanwhile, rapidly coming off? I'm no McCarthy fan for sure. Neither am I. But it is an interesting turn of events. Yes, it is. And credit is due to the fat man down there. And Hey, come on, man. Since the days of Favre, Green Bay has always been my girlfriend team. And since Snyder has essentially killed the franchise of my youth, the Redskins, it pains me to see Green Bay in this amount of trouble. Well, this is a new phenomenon. And trust me, it's paining the faithful, the Packer faithful, even more than you. A. Aaron should get on a plane and go visit Terry McLaurin. Recruit him to come to the Packers. That ain't happening. For the short term, though, my, my team mistress has now moved to Buffalo. P.S. Great run with Andy this morning. Clean up in the plumbing aisle, though, on uh, plumbing aisle on aisle three. Fred Smith is with FedEx, not Home Depot, as you mentioned. Did I mention that or did Andy? And I just miss it. Heineke is not the guy, clearly, but he was fun to watch on Sunday. As for your game day experience, as your game day experience devolved for the Commies versus the Packers, I'm on board with others to think that it would be fun for a select group of fans to watch a game at Andy's house. But with the amount of nut jobs out there, a neutral and safe site would be needed, along with three TVs. As always, enjoy the podcast. Glad to hear Charge got a real tow vehicle. Sincerely, Jason. Thank you. Speaking of three TVs, here we go. Cut number seven. No, that was, yes, seven. Cut seven. Are TVs like second half timeouts? Dear Steed, writes Nick Verana. He says, do you need all three TVs in your man cave or will two be better than one? We know that two second half timeouts might as well be one. Yes, you've learned well, my friend. However, the current chairman of my war committee has suggested a new 75-inch TV for the basement in our new house. I have proposed an 85-inch TV, and that li- that plan is likely to be approved. Well, good for you. Always ask for more. However, for the cost of an 85-inch TV, I can get two 65s instead. Should I propose the two 65s to the War Committee? And before you ask, the War Committee will not approve three TVs. The chairman, by the way, has two votes to my one, so don't even ask. So do I need all three, like second half timeouts, or will two work in a pinch? 
Also, if I go with TVs, will I need to hire a guy to set it all up? Hiring a guy might raise some eyebrows at the next meeting of said war committee. Thanks in advance, Nick Verona. P.S. He says, did you see Mike Leach burn a first half timeout on fourth down just to save five yards and then still kick it? How can you get paid millions of dollars per year and trade a timeout, first or second half, for five yards on a fourth down? Well, you say kick it. Do you mean kick a field goal? Because that would matter. Punting, though, I would say, no, that's not worth it. Even for first half timeouts, which are, as I've said before, like Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras beads, spend them, fling them around, have fun with them, don't worry about them. Two TVs versus one. Well, I'm going to guess the war committee is not going to enjoy two smaller TVs next to each other. Also, I aesthetically do not like just two TVs. Even with the size of these glorious new 4K machines coming down precipitously, even for large panels like 65 inches, I always want to have one premier center screen. I would propose instead of two equal 65s, an 85 and a 55 somewhere within eyeshot, if possible. Or go back to the war committee and push hard for three TVs. Even a 65 and two 50s would be better than two 65s. Personally, I just don't think two side-by-side is satisfactory. And I think that your lovely bride will also not like the fact that whenever she's there watching The Bachelor or The Bachelorette or whatever she watches, and you've got another game going on right next to her TV show, mm -mm, she ain't going to like it. The best you can do is you sit there and watch her shows on the big screen while keeping an eye on the left and the right of the sporting events you care about. Cut eight, the Ursay Theory. This one from Jack in Indianapolis. Zabe, first-time emailer with a theory. Oh, I love you first-time emailers, and I love theories. Let's go. Lay it on me. Carson Wentz was placed on IR this week for the Commanders, minimum of four games out. In the Colts trade with Washington, there is a condition on the draft pick that Carson uh, commands, pardon the pun, if he plays more than 70% of the snaps for Washington this year. That would turn the pick from a third-rounder to a second-rounder. Was this IR move ordered by Dan Snyder to stick it to Ursay? No, I don't think so. I think it's probably going to take four weeks for his finger to heal. But it wouldn't hurt to claw back another round of compensation, second versus third. For timeline purposes, October 17th, the commanders report that they are undecided on this IR status. On October 18th, Ursay comes out with the comments about Snyder and saying, yes, there is potential reason to have him removed. Then one day later, or excuse me, uh, three days later, he is placed on IR, putting him almost at the exact number to enact the condition, knocking the second rounder down to a third. Food for thought, interested to hear what you think. Look, I think that it wasn't a direct tit for tat, but if there was ever any thought of, you know, maybe we should not put him on IR. He might be back after two weeks or three weeks. That could have been tilted by the, oh, Ursay said that, fuck him. We're going to put him on IR. They also might want to put him on IR to perhaps lower incentives or bonuses he may have. 
I don't know. This does happen quite a bit in the NFL where guys have performance bonuses and then they're benched for a game late in the season to keep them from reaching those milestones. Now, I believe the union has stepped in on some of these things and they have effectively made it so that if a team transparently tries to fuck a guy out of a milestone or performance bonus, that there is some recourse for the union. But don't quote me on that. I think that's the case. My theory or another theory, and I think I said this with Andy yesterday, is that pretty much Ursay is the guy that owes the league one, and he knows that he owes the league one from when he gave drugs to his mistress and she OD'd on them and died. Uh, that basically the league said, okay, now we need somebody to start pushing on Snyder. So guess what, Jimbo? Put the guitar down, get out there, and go lob a Molotov cocktail in there and see what happens. Cut nine, the virtual Euro franchise. This one from Nils Bear Warga, Marshall High School, Virginia, class of 91. Zabe, love the show. I'm looking forward to becoming a premium member soon. Oh, what are you waiting for? It's only five bucks a month. Surely you can afford that. That's like 16 cents a day or an episode. Even though, well, divided by four, it's about a dollar and... 11 cents carry the one divided by pi. It's not much. And if you buy a year, you get 12 months for the price of 11. You want to go month to month, cancel any time, just go month to month. It's fine. Anyway, looking forward to becoming a premium member soon. Go to the zabe.com slash premium. You can find out how. Maybe 18 games in a permanent team in Europe, as Charge says will happen, doesn't have to be inevitable. What if instead each team played one game in Europe? It could be the 9.30 a.m. game on Sunday every weekend. How great would that be? Of course, you'd only get 16 weeks out of that. 32 teams divided by two, 16. But it would be a neutral site game for all 32 teams, and each would have to return to, uh, and each team, they would have returned to eight home games a year. If they go to 18 games, they could also consider two games each. Either way, they would not have to be a permanent franchise in Europe. Just a thought. Keep up the great work. Nils, Bear, Warga. Um, Oh, I'm sure they have thought exactly of this. I think this has been proposed, and I think this is absolutely what is eventually going to happen. It'd be better to have a virtual franchise there because then nobody has to draft players and say, sorry, you've got to go live in another country. You don't have to try to lure free agents there to go live in another country. You don't have to negotiate, well, how much are we going to pay these guys given the different tax rates of different countries, and on and on and on. Give them a virtual franchise, which is like a sampler platter. I have argued that for some NFL cities and fan bases, having a virtual franchise that had a sampler platter of every other team in the league would be better. Better than having your own team that you watch every week. Think about that. If you're a Commanders fan at this point, or maybe a Lions fan, or maybe a Browns fan, would you say, you know what, our team's never going to be good. I'd rather see all these other teams in person come through town than to see my own team every week. I know, that's a stretch. And I'm sure for Browns fans, you're like, fuck you. We've been bad, but look, we're not pathetic. We're loyal fans. Probably the same thing with the Lion fans as well. But for an international audience that doesn't have that baked-in allegiance, it makes perfect sense. In fact, it would be the ideal solution with which means probably that Goodell won't do it. So never mind what I said. Cut 10. Ever heard of StubHub, pal? Brian Phipps emails to say, Zabe, I'm looking for World Series tickets. 
Oh, did you lose them? I, I don't have them. Did you check under the seat cushions? Excuse me. Going 33 minutes straight without a break. Yeah, making a lot of mistakes too. Shut up. My wife and I are already on a four-day getaway with a concert at Red Rocks in Colorado. I'd love to get a World Series game in Houston on Friday. Any way that your friend Houston Scotty can help us out for two tickets, I'll pay a premium. Thank you. If there's any way this can work out, please have Scott reach out to me. And he includes his cell phone. (laughs) I'm at a loss for words. Um, Yeah, Houston Scotty has two tickets for him and his lovely bride, Tina. And they're going to go to games one and two. And maybe games five, six, seven if necessary. Wait, is that the split of games? Whatever the split of games is, he's going to the first two. He's not a ticket broker. He doesn't have a pile of them sitting around like old coupons for Papa John's. Oh, you want one here? Here you go. I mean, yeah, there are many online services, including, I'm sure, MLB.com. You can go. My friend Houston Scotty, at least from what I understand, has no tickets to the World Series that he can, quote, help you out with. But thank you. Mr. Phipps for emailing me, and I wish you the best of luck. And it sounds like you're living your best life. Four-day getaway with a concert at Red Rocks in Colorado. You want to swing down to Houston? You go. You go, my man. And then there's this, cut 11, retupicked. Tom Poindexter writes to say, Zabe, time to put some respect or retupicked as the Derek Jeter kid hat went on the Washington football team known as the Commanders. I think you now need to forever drop referring to them as the Commies. Why? Because they beat the Packers? Because they're three and four? No. It's old and played and not funny, and you ought to be sufficiently embarrassed now to stop throwing shade at them. Embarrassed? Why would I be embarrassed? They beat the Packers, and they deserve to beat them. They played a better game. Especially after you, especially as after after you call them the mighty Packers. Anyway, love the show and podcast, Tom Poindexter. No, they're still the commies. Fuck the commies. Fuck Snyder. When they get a new owner, then then I'll repent. Then I'll relent and repent. And I'll no longer call them the commies, but until... They change their owner? No. I'll still call them that as I see fit. All right, that's enough from me tonight. Thank you very much. As always, I love feedback. Zabe at yahoo.com. Zabe at yahoo.com. He says again with a hint of GERD still lingering. I'm working on that. It's going away, but it's not quite totally gone just yet. As always, uh, rate and review. It helps out with the algorithmic overlords. Tell a friend or two of this podcast tickled. Your cerebral cortex has something interesting to listen to while you're busting up an old concrete slab on your neighbor's property line that they wanted out of there because they're workers who are digging a hole for probably a 20-foot Japanese cryptomeria couldn't be bothered to bust up themselves. Am I bitter? No, I'm not bitter. Glad I did it. I wish I had time-lapsed it. Thanks for listening. Have a great Tuesday, and we will see you next time.
Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.